morning, everybody. Hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully uh, we'll get to see you tonight. It is the kickoff of our summer, and thankfully it's hot, not snowing, uh, like apparently it can do in May. Um, and so we're thankful for that. Um, uh, but today we're kicking off a new series called Summer Reset, uh, called Reevaluating Our Spiritual Rhythms. And the reason we're doing this, um, I, I was, you know, I read an article a couple weeks ago that apparently in 1977 it snowed about 45 inches on Mother's Day. And I knew this series was coming, and I thought, man, I really hope it doesn't like snow um, when we kick off a series called Summer Reset. And so, uh, thankfully, it's really hot. So that's probably my fault that we planned this series and you got heat today. And so, um, but as we start this series, we're entering into uh, the summer season of the year. And in the summer season, um, we're in different rhythms. The days are longer. If you have kids, they're out of school, so your schedule is totally out of whack, and you know there's vacations that are happening, and, and people are taking day trips, and things kind of change in the office. You, you kind of feel a little bit like not like working. You just don't feel like working, right, in the summertime, because it's just beautiful out, and people are going on vacation. And even if you're in the office, you kind of vicariously live through their vacations. And, uh, and, and, but summer is also a time of year where we kind of can step back and, and just evaluate life. We can kind of evaluate our year. We're, ha- we're going to be halfway through the year, and so it's an opportunity to just kind of evaluate just where are we spiritually? Where am I relationally? Where, you know, am I hitting the goals that I set forth in January, or, you know, how do I get back on track? And, and so the goal of this series for the next 12 weeks is we're going to look at 12 different spiritual practices and rhythms. And our hope is that some of them will be new to you, some of them maybe you've never practiced before, things like, or maybe even never even thought about them as a spiritual practice or rhythm. Things like feasting. Meals are a spiritual practice and rhythm when we do them that way. Things like walking and being outside in creation. But some of them might be ones that you've done before, that you've thought about before. Things like prayer and scripture reading. And so our hope is that over this season, that we'll evaluate where we are. We'll evaluate where we are in community, in our relationship with God, with ourselves. But, but as we think about it today, one of the things that, that has been incredibly helpful for me for probably the last six or seven years, every month I meet with a spiritual director named Jim. And Jim um, has been counseling pastors and leaders for the last 30 plus years. And, and, and the reason this is helpful is that Jim helps me to see things that are happening in me that God is doing in me and around me that I can miss. And it's easy to miss those things. It's easy to kind of run through life. It's easy to just have your to-do list. I'm kind of a type A achiever, like get things done. And so I don't really like stopping. In fact, many times when the call is on my calendar, I just think, I don't really have time this week for this call. Like I just have other things to do. You know, but, but every time we sit down and talk, no matter what we talk about, no matter where the conversation goes, at some point towards the end, Jim will say this. He said, okay, Josh, out of everything that we've talked about today, out of everything that we've covered, what is it that God is inviting you into? And the reason he asks this, the reason this is so helpful, especially as we think about spiritual rhythms in this series, is that connecting with God is an invitation from God. Connecting with the creator of the universe is an invitation from the creator of the universe. And so what Jim is trying to help me to see when he asks me this question, now sometimes I don't like the answer. Okay, there are times where we'll have conversations and I think, okay, God is inviting me to have a conversation with someone that I really don't want to talk to. 
God is inviting me to do something or to experience something that I would really rather not experience because it's uncomfortable. Or maybe it's new. You know, for, you know, as I've grown through this, of just spending time in silence, spending time listening, spending time slowing down. And so as we go through this series, we're going to refer back to this question a lot of what is God inviting you into? But, but the reason this is important is that after I say, okay, Jim, this is what I feel like God's inviting me into, he'll say, okay, so when's that going to happen? When are you going to do that? And what he's getting at is he's getting at the rhythm of my life. He's getting at the ebbs and flows of my schedule. And this is important as we enter into summer because for many of us, especially if you have kids, this is what will inevitably happen because it happens very easily in the summertime. School ends, and then you have absolutely no rhythm whatsoever. You think the first week is going to be amazing. We're going to do all of these things. We're going to go to the library, and we're going to go to this museum, and we're going to go to the beach, and we're going to sleep in, and none of that's going to happen because your kids are going to wake up at 5 a.m. because it's sunny. And at the end of a week, you're going to think, man, we, we didn't do anything this week. Or this happens, too, where someone will say, you know what? This is the week that I'm going to get up with the sun, and I'm going to read my Bible, and I'm going to spend 30 minutes reading my Bible and spending time with God. Have you ever done this before? And then you fall asleep, and then you feel bad. You shouldn't feel bad. We'll get to that in a couple of weeks. You shouldn't feel bad if you fall asleep. But the ebbs and flows of our schedule, the ebbs and flows of our rhythm, now, here's how I want us to start as we think about rhythms. The reason that I start with this question of the invitation is because many of us want to connect to God. Many of us want to hear from God. But some of us wonder if God wants to speak to us. Some of us wonder if God wants to hear from us. Some of us wonder if God cares enough to speak to us. And so there's a part of us when we think, I would really like to connect with God. I would really like to know God. I would like to feel the presence of God, but I'm not sure that God wants to be with me. Now, maybe he wants to be with the person sitting next to me. You know, maybe he wants to be with, with per, the person who's maybe a little bit more spiritual than I am, but I'm not sure that God wants to be with me. And the reason this is important for us to unpack is because throughout Scripture, we're told of God's presence. We're told of God's desire to know us. Okay, here's just a few things. In Zephaniah 3, we're told that the God of the universe who created all that we see sings over us. Like a parent sings over a child they're trying to calm down. The God of the universe sings over you. In Psalm 91, we're told that God's wings cover us that God's wings protect us, that God's wings come around us. And then in Luke 15, when Jesus tells us this is what God is like, he tells of a, of a father who runs out to meet his wayward son. And his son, before he can even say, you know, I've totally messed up, I, I've wrecked everything, before he can get the words out of his mouth, the father scoops him up and hugs him and says, my son is home. And so as we think about spiritual rhythms, as we think about practices and how we connect to God, whenever we do that, whenever we open the Bible, whenever we read, whenever we pray, whenever we fast, whenever we're generous, whenever we do any of the things we're going to talk about, this is the God that we connect with. This is the God that you and I get to connect with. And as we think about rhythms and practices, 
here's our hope for this series. Here are some of the things we hope will happen over the summer. Our spiritual rhythms are about our formation. They are about how we become more like Christ. When we pray, when we feast, when we sit in community, these are the, these are the practices and rhythms of how we become like Christ, how we walk as his apprentices alongside of him. And as we're going to see, all of the practices that we're going to talk about, all of the rhythms we're going to talk about are ones that Jesus and his disciples lived out. They just did it in everyday life. It was just part of who they were, part of who the Son of God was. The second thing, this is really, really important, that our spiritual rhythms help us to be present with God, ourselves, and others. See, they help us to become aware of the presence of God around us. They help us to become aware of what God is doing in us, what God is doing around us, what God is doing in our families and relationships. And one of the things that Jim, my spiritual director, often says is that the quality of our lives depends on the quality of our relationship with God, others, and ourselves. And so this is why these three categories of God, ourselves, and others is really important because many times when we talk about spiritual rhythms and practices, we simply focus on just God. We just focus on how do we connect to God, but yet all of these rhythms and practices help us to not only be present with God, they help us to be present with each other, but they help us to be present with ourselves. And so to start, we're going to talk about a practice that might be new to you. It may be one that you've never tried before, but if you're anything like me, it's one that you desperately need. And so to frame it here, I want us to frame it this way. Do you ever find yourself wishing for some quiet? Do you ever find yourself wishing to just be alone? Do you ever find yourself going into a room or maybe if you have young kids, you go just sit in the car and hope maybe no one will find me? Maybe, maybe if I turn the shower on, no one will know. No one will bother me. You just long for some silence. You feel like life is hectic and overwhelming. Maybe you ran in here today and your heart rate was just running. You were just... And it just took everything to get here. But you just think, oh, I am, I am exhausted. You struggle to focus on things, the things that really matter in your life. You struggle to focus on them. You struggle to, to be aware of those things. Or maybe, maybe you're in a place where you want desperately to hear the voice of God about something. But you can't. It's just hard to hear God's voice. It's hard for you to know what he wants you to do. See, our world, the way that we live, the, the lifestyles that we, that we carry, the schedules we keep, are really good at drowning out the voice of God. We're really good at it. We're really good at drowning out the voice of God. We have a ton of distractions. We have our to-do lists. We have to-do lists for our to-do lists. We have multiple calendars. In our house, we have a family calendar up on the wall. Every kid has a different color, and Katie and I have a different color. There's seven different colors on the calendar. Like, it's overwhelming at times. And you just think, and then you get to the end of your day, and you plop down on your couch or in your bed, and you think, what in the world did I even do today? You think, I, th I think I was in a meeting. I feel like I returned emails. Was that today? 
Did we do the doctor yesterday? Like, I don't remember. And that is the pace of our lives. And the pace of our lives, don't miss this, the pace of our lives and our schedule is also the pace of our souls. And for many of us, our souls are running at a pace that we cannot keep. And we think it would be great to be silent, it would be great to be still, but who has time for that? I mean, where am I going to put that in my schedule? Like, I barely get out the door as it is. Where where am I going to put silence and stillness in my schedule? And then am I going to get bored? I mean, what happens if nothing happens? What happens if I think about other things? But here's why we need silence and stillness. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. That in silence and solitude, we can know and hear God. In silence and solitude, we can know and hear God. See, and the invitation that this rhythm is for us is to know and hear God. Now, notice, I did not say know about God. See, here's here's the important distinction, okay? Each of these practices and rhythms that we go through help us experience and know different aspects of our Father, of who God is, okay? When we sit in silence, when we pray, we are knowing God as a friend knows us. We are connecting. We are engaging. We we are moving in to new relational spaces. See, many times we just think about spiritual rhythms and practices, and we just think, well, I just need to know more information about God. I need to go deeper with God. I just want more depth with God. But what we're often saying with that is that we just want to know more of our Bible We want to know more things about God, and those are all great, and we're going to spend an entire week on it. But some of us need to grow in just knowing God and being with God and and just sitting with God, right? The best relationships, right, are the ones that you can sit on a bench and oversee the ocean as the sun goes down and not say anything. You're just together. You're just with them. And the invitation of silence and stillness and solitude is to just be with God. Not to evaluate it. Not to go, well, how much did I learn about God in this, in this little rhythm? No. Was I with God? Did I experience the presence and love of God? Did I know God was with me? That's the invitation. And the psalmist tells us in Psalm 46 that we read earlier, this is how we see it. He says, God is our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. 
See, here's what the psalmist invites us into as we, as we think about silence and stillness. As he tells us, God is our refuge and strength in trouble. Now, this is exactly where most of us are right now. We are in this place of feeling weak. We are in this place of feeling overwhelmed. We are in this place of feeling like we don't have the capacity to do the things that are in front of us. There are, if you're a parent, you feel this, where you just think, I don't know how to parent my kids. I don't know what to do now. Feel at a total loss. Some of us are in a place where we're trying to figure out where we go next with our careers or what we do next with, with this thing. Some of us are trying to rekindle relationships. We are all in this place of trouble. And we have this idea where we think, okay, I need to get out of the chaos of my life to, to connect with God, to know God. I have to get out of the chaos. I need to go out into the desert or the woods, which is great. But what does the psalmist say? In the midst of trouble, God is with you. In the midst of trouble, be still. Now, this is the step of faith of silence and stillness because we think, well, I got so much to do. I got to get this done and I got to do this over here and I got to take care of this person. And, you know, there's this conversation coming up that I got to be ready for and I have all this stuff. I don't have time to be still. Like, once I get through this, I'll be still. And the psalmist says, in the midst of trouble, the invitation is there to be still. The invitation is to stop. And I, and I love the reality of Scripture because it says in this, in our struggle, in our trouble, God is with us and our fortress. In fact, he says it twice. He says it multiple times. God is with us. God is our fortress. Right? And in this culture, it, you know, 3,000 years ago, a fortress, the stronghold, this is safety. You're, you're not vulnerable in the fortress. You're vulnerable in between the fortresses. In the fortress, the walls are high, you're safe. And he says, in the fortress, there's a stream that runs through it, a water running through that, that provides the nourishment you need in the midst of the fortress, in the midst of the presence of God. And because of this, lastly, be still and know that he is God. Stop running. Stop trying. Stop trying to maneuver all the things and play all the pieces on the chessboard of your life. Be still. Sit down. Lay down. Take a nap. Stop the endless pace. Because in silence and stillness, we can know and hear God. But there's a couple reasons. This sounds all great. You might think this sounds great. But there's a couple reasons we don't do this. And there are important reasons. One, I'll tell you, one of the reasons I don't do it is because I like to think that I'm God and I can handle things. See, for me to be still, I have to stop and say there's something I can't handle. For me to stop pushing, there has to be something for me to say, well, God's going to have to take this one. And honestly, I really don't like to say that. I like to think I can handle it. I like to think I can, you know, maneuver it all and strategize the whole thing. For some of us, we don't think we have time to be still. I remember the first time that Jim brought this idea of silence and stillness up to me. And I just said, Jim, where am I going to fit that in? I said, Jim, I'm planting a church. I have five kids. I don't know where silence and stillness is going to be. I said, it sounds great to you. You're an empty nester. You, you live on a farm. You, like, you just, you 
live in silence and stillness. And he looked at me and he goes, Josh, stop saying that you don't have time. He said, you don't have time because you didn't make time. He said, if it was important for you to be silent and still with God, you would make the time. I remember sitting there on the other side of FaceTime, and I was, really, I was annoyed, I was mad, because he was right. But the reality is, as we think about rhythms and practices, it's true that we don't have time because we don't make time. We make time for all kinds of things. We make time for, for work, we make time for sleep, we make time for errands. You make time for all your favorite Netflix shows. You stay up too late for some of them. You make time for Wordle and Quirtle and Statle and everything else that you do. It's okay. We, we do. It's okay. But the reality is, when we say, well, I just don't have time, what we just said was, there are some other things that were more important than this thing. Now, sometimes, that's okay. Sometimes when we say, you know, I didn't have time to do that, because I chose to be in community, or I chose to be with family, or I chose to take care of myself. But the reality is when we say, I don't have time to be present with God, myself, and others, it's because we just didn't make time. And part of this series is for us to step back and say, okay, I need to reevaluate my, my life and rhythms because am I making time for the things that matter most? Am I making time to even hear from God? Now, the last reason that I think we don't make time is really important. It's because some of us aren't sure what we'll hear in the silence and stillness. And some of us are afraid of the silence and stillness. Some of us are afraid of the voices that might come up in the silence and stillness and the messages we might hear and the memories that might come. And this is why many of us fill our lives. I remember talking to a woman one time and she said, Josh, the reason that I don't Sabbath, the reason that I don't stop is because I'm afraid what will happen when I stop. And I think for many of us, that's a big, big fear. And the reason that the psalmist tells us numerous times, your God is with you and is a fortress, is to speak directly to the heart cry that many of us have of I'm not sure what I'll encounter in the silence and stillness. And the psalmist says, God will be right there. And he will protect you. And he will meet you in the silence and stillness. And so that every voice that we hear, every memory that comes back in the silence and stillness, every fear, we encounter that with the God of the universe that is over all things, that sings over us, whose wings wrap around us in protection. That God meets us in the silence and stillness no matter what we encounter. And so much so that we see Jesus do this. Numerous times in the Gospels, we're told that Jesus went off to be by himself. Jesus went off to be by himself before he chose his disciples. He went off to be by himself almost every single time that he taught Almost every single time that he healed somebody, raised somebody from the dead, Jesus did that and then just disappeared. And it tells us in Luke 5 that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Now think about this. Here's the rhythm of Jesus' life. Okay, you have, you have this, 
kind of mountaintop experience. You have this really exhausting experience of teaching, of thinking about who you're going to choose as disciples, uh, of raising somebody from the dead. You, you pour yourself out, and what, and what does he do? He leaves. And his disciples constantly are like, Jesus, where are you going? Like, come on, all these people want you. And he's like, that's cool. We're going to go off by ourselves. I'm going to go be alone. Now, if the God of the universe, the God in human flesh in Jesus, withdraws often to lonely places and prays, if he needs that, don't you think you do? But here, I got got this one. I'll take it. I got it. (laughs) Jesus often withdraws to lonely places. Often is this regularity. We see it over and over again. It's intentional. Withdrawing is an intentional thing. See, the reality is you and I will never drift into being a disciple of Jesus. It will take intentionality. It will take planning. The thing you'll hear us talk again and again about in this series, when it comes to any of the practices and rhythms we talk about, where will you do it and when will you do it? Where will you do it and where, when will you do it? Because in silence and solitude, we can know and hear God. Now, one of the goals of this series is we don't just want to talk about spiritual rhythms and practices. We want to actually practice them. We want to invite you to practice them. And so here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to pull out your phone for a second. It's okay. You can pull out your phone. Preacher told you to. It's good. Okay? I want to ask you to pull out your phone. I want to ask you to text the word reset to the number on the screen. And when you do, you're going to get a link that will take you to a little uh, multiple choice thing. And you'll see the list of the practices and rhythms that we're going to go through over these 12 weeks. And we want to invite you to check the ones that you want to focus on this summer. They may be rhythms. You'll get a link later today, but there may be rhythms and practices that you've never tried before. Maybe you've never tried fasting before. Maybe you've never thought of feasting or community as a spiritual practice and rhythm. Maybe you've never really read your Bible or prayed. Or maybe you've tried one, but then it kind of fell off, and you know, maybe you need to refocus. That's the hope of this series, of just reevaluating, where do I need to refocus? Where do I need to get back and be more intentional? And in your group this week, what you're going to talk about, one of the things you're going to talk about is which practices you're going to focus on over the summer. Now, I would encourage you to choose one to three. Now, if you're an overachiever and choose all 12, that, that's fine. But one to three, let, baby wheels. Let's do some baby steps and, you know. But in your groups this week, I want to encourage you to say, hey, I want to focus on this. And in your groups, talking about where are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Holding each other accountable, walking with each other throughout the summer, celebrating the things that God's going to do in your life, encouraging people. And know this, you're going to try something. You're going to feel like a failure if it's new. It's going to feel maybe weird and awkward at different times. You're going to wonder if you did it right. There's not a wrong way to do spiritual rhythms and practices. God's not up, going to be up in heaven and be like, well, that was a good try. Not at all. No. The God sings over you, runs out to meet you. That's the God who we connect with. 
That's the God we connect with. God has so much grace for us. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to think for a moment about your personality when it comes to these practices and rhythms. This is really important. If you're an extrovert, practices like community, feasting, you're like, yeah, I want to choose those. Let's do that. Let's, have some, let's eat together. Yeah, in the name of Jesus, amen. If you're an introvert, maybe you're going, man, I could, some silence. Yeah, some silence. Let's do that. Silence, walking in the woods by myself. Let's do that. I want to encourage you to think of the other ones. Okay, so if you're an extrovert, we often will focus as extroverts and introverts on the spiritual practices that we like and feel comfortable with, but that actually keeps us from growing because we only do the things we're good at or the things we enjoy. And we miss out on some things that maybe God has for us. And so as an introvert, I want to encourage you to maybe focus on community or feasting, something that's maybe out of your comfort zone a little bit. Like as you look at the list, if there's one that you think, I really don't want to do that, that's probably the one you should do. As an extrovert, maybe silence. Maybe you need some stillness. You, you know, if you're a workaholic, um, and, and, and you know if you are, then you need some resting and abiding. But to look for ways and think through the lens of, am I doing anything that's keeping me from becoming a full disciple in Jesus? Am I just focusing on practices that I like because I'm really good at them and I've done them a long time? And what are some new ways that I can connect with God throughout this summer? So I want to encourage you with that. But as we close, we're going to close with some guided silence. Now, this may be new for you. We're actually not going to have music on, so it's going to actually be some silence. I want to encourage you to just sit comfortably. So just close your eyes. Put your hands and your feet in a comfortable spot. And I want you to take some deep breaths. One of the practices we know from church history when it comes to silence and breath and prayer is that often they would think as they would breathe in that they were breathing in the presence of God and as they were breathing out that they were breathing out their cares and worries and anxieties. And as you think, just say, God, I'm breathing you in in your presence and I'm breathing out my cares and worries and anxieties. In the silence, know that we are simply trying to be aware of God's presence and love.
I want to encourage you, whatever maybe comes to mind right now, any thought from the week or thing you need to do or thing that you're carrying right now, if it comes to mind, just say, God, please take this, help me with this, pass it to him. Father, as we start this series, as we move into this summer season, and God, we want to have a reset. We want to we want to evaluate and see where we are in our spiritual journeys and in our relationships with you, ourselves, and others. And God, help us to know, help us to know that you are the God that fights for us. You are the God that protects us. You are the God whose wings wrap around us. You are the God that sings over us like a parent does when their child wakes up from a nightmare and is just all sweaty and you just calm us. As we stumble into spiritual rhythms and practices, you are the father of Luke 15 that runs out to meet us and carries us home. God, I thank you for your grace that even as we stumble through practices and rhythms, as we try to figure out how to do some of these things, and, and even as we, as we fail at them, as we, as we will, we'll, we're going to fall asleep as we try to read our Bibles. We're going we're gonna to sit in silence and stillness, and, and we're going to think about other things. And God, even in those places where we drop the ball in our minds, we know that your grace is sufficient. You aren't judging us. You simply want us to be still and know that you are God. That you are with us and you are our fortress in the chaos of our lives. And so God, I pray this week for those who need to take the step of silence and stillness who need some solitude. I pray that you would help them to know when and where that might happen, how to carve that out in their work day, where to place that. And God, we enter into that expectant and asking for you to meet us so we can know you. In your name, amen. Well, if you chose silence and stillness, we're going to send you this week just some ways to practice this. And if you weren't sure, uh, I don't know if I want to take the step and mark some other ones, you can mark the next step email, and we'll send you um, just some of the ways to practice silence and stillness. And know, as we enter into this season, the God of the universe the God who created you and me, who sent his son Jesus to die in our place and rise from the dead, that is the God who wants to meet us, who wants to meet you.
And so as we close, we're going to just close by just reminding ourselves of how God meets us in the stillness. So I want to invite you to stand with us as we close together.